On That Dead Body Show, we talk about death and murder, and at times, we may use explicit language. Yeah, well, we're late again. Like, two days late. Yeah, well, it happens. Religious holiday. College football in the South. Our people in other countries are not going to get this. Well, I'm sorry. Think of it as as soccer. Football. Football. So as you could tell, I didn't stab him in the neck with or without my favorite pen. He's still here. Yes, I'm still here. But if something happens to me, it wasn't an accident. There, I've said it now, so. Alright, guys. So, this week, we're going to bring you a story of modern day unfriending. I mean, when I was a teenager, you just beat their ass in a parking lot and you were done. But... Or just stop talking to them. Right. But this happens to be in a time where there's already social media and camera phones and there was evidence of everything. I mean, I can't imagine growing up like that. I know our kids are, and I know our kids did, but like, I can't imagine... Like, I had a cell phone, but it was one of those brick ones. Remember the big ones? You're dating yourself. I'm old, people. We're grandparents. Yeah, Um, we're sexy grandparents. But, I mean, I had that phone, but, of course, it was a literal, the big brick one, the drug dealer-looking one, and you didn't have a a camera. This story's fucked up. On Thursday, July 5th, 2012, 16-year-old Skylar Nees came home from work around 10 p.m., She walked in and she kissed her parents. She told them she was tired. She'd been on her feet probably for, what, six, eight hours? What's a shift like that at Wendy's? for teenagers. I don't know. Because she was 16. Probably six or eight hours. She'd been on her feet. She worked at Wendy's. So she told her parents she was tired and she was going straight to bed. And that's the last time they would see her alive. They wouldn't know what exactly happened to her for, what, eight months, I believe? Six, eight months? Right. A while. Yeah. So, cue those kids that creeped in out. I think those kids creep a lot of people out. They creep naughty out. Our own kid. Okay, guys, welcome to episode six of That Dead Body Show, the murder of Scholar Niece. So that next morning, Friday, July 6th, her parents wake up, go to work, and her dad comes home around lunch from, I believe, Wikipedia said he worked at Walmart, uh, came home to, to get her the car and to uh, for her to carry him back to work so she would have the car to go to work. And I, I guess, what, maybe the mom? Picked him up, yeah. That's what I was wondering, because in everything, like both of the date, it was a Dateline and a 2020 thing, and he says it in both of them like it was a normal thing. So I would guess, right? And she was leaving. See, it almost seems like a normal thing that maybe she would sleep in sometimes too. Yeah, 
Like, I, you know, I mean. Because he, he was like, in the interview anyway, he was like, he said, honey, wake up. They were they literally worshipped the ground she walked on, so I could totally let him see his little princess sleep in. Right. Like I mean I can see it. Really. And in everything like I think it was I don't know, it was either the twenty twenty or the dateline when that he says he recalls them having a tea party. Did you see that? Right, right, right. And she had been using toilet water the whole time. And he and like the mom says that's a funny memory now. But can you imagine? Because, like, okay, first of all, my thing is, is if you've got a toddler and they keep bringing you water to pretend tea, where are you getting that water from? Right. Right. Oh, I mean. Tea parties. No, Hunter was already pretending to metal thrash it, too, and knocked himself right. out. Right, Nadia that even, even was, was not a girly girl, really. No. But, okay, so anyway. he comes home, and she's not... In her room. But the door's and the, locked. And the door's locked. From the inside. From the inside, of course, yeah. So, he uh, he says he gets a, a coat hanger and jimmies the door open. Which, to me, tells me he had to do it before. I'm just saying. Yeah, okay, yeah. Well, she had, for, for a while there, she had been, you know, doing the rebellious teenager thing of, of going out and doing, you know, typical teenage stuff. Smoking a little pot. Drinking. Drinking. You know, staying out beyond curfew. Or sneaking out. If she did come out. home. Yeah, I mean, normal teenage stuff. Well. Okay. Except for our kids, who at least two of them listen to this, and we'll probably be going, we didn't get to do that. Right. Sorry. But one of them's in nursing school now. But you're not dead either. (laughs) So he jimmies open the door and sees that her bed is not slept in. It's made. Which to me just seems really weird that maybe she, maybe she woke up and made the bed, but then again, maybe that wasn't normal but if for he, her. But I was to say, you know your kid. Right, right. Caleb was not a bed maker. Nadia was a, I'll just lay on whatever's available. <laughs> right, she covered up with a tea towel or something, Yeah, right? if I'm she okay. even did. I'm okay. I'll just roll my jacket up as a pillow. pillow. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, if we came in and Nadia's bed was made, I would probably think that was a sign that she was abducted. I mean, I'm just saying. He knew his own kids. If they so. made the bed before she, they took her, okay, you want to take any of the other ones? Right. Do some of them dishes on your way out? So he's, he freaks out, and he he calls his wife. Have you have you I heard mean, from yeah. Skylar? Okay, so try not to panic. And since I'm not a smoker, I don't quite get this, but... The dad goes outside to, to take a smoke break and kind of pacing around, and he sees a bench. Outside right, of Skylar's window. Yeah, right outside of the window, and then notices that the window's open just enough to get fingers in to reopen the window. So she's snuck out again. So he immediately calls her bestie. Sheila. Sheila. Sheila Eddie. Right. Now, at this point, is that when he said when she says she doesn't have any idea, right? Right. She says she does not know right. anything about anything. She says, oh, no, I talked to her on the phone around midnight. New phone, who dis? I mean, she doesn't know anything. So, um, it, him and his wife decide to, to wait until about 4 o'clock. Right. Uh, you know, because Skylar has to be at her job at Wendy's around then, and uh, she's really responsible. So, so. at 4 or 5... Wendy's actually calls them and says, is Skylar coming in today? You know, is she sick or what? So, Which to me tells me how upstanding she really was, because I feel like that meant she was must have gotten there. Like, if she had to be there at 4, she might have got there at like 345 or something. You know what I'm saying? Right. That right. At four, like, they knew by 405 something was wrong. Right, right. So, 
his phone rings and it's Sheila. And Sheila says, I've got to tell you the truth. And he's saying, you know, like, well, 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 the truth about what? It had been nice in the first place. But she admits to them, uh, to Skylar sneaking out to go with her. Around and, 11. Yeah, around 11-ish. Which still contradicts her very first statement because she said she talked to her at midnight. And, but she said they dropped her off oh, just yeah, about right. midnight. Okay, I'm sorry. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so she tells the dad that, uh, yeah, you know, I did see her. We snuck out and we all went joyriding to smoke some weed and drink and go meet some boys and I don't know. I dropped her back off. And she said, you know, she said that uh, Skylar said she wanted to go home. Yeah, right then. Right then. Right now. So they, and didn't want them to drive up to the to the place, so they, they parked at the end of the, the alley or the road or whatever and, and let her out. Which, okay, so was they not worried about waking them up the first time? I guess. I, I mean, I'm just saying, like, because, right. because we're parents... I'm looking but at, they didn't show up on the uh, video driving through any time right. but around the midnight hour. Right. So maybe she snuck out because the camera was just on the parking lot. There was a, there was video of a car pulling up. They, mm. See, and there we go again when the mom does say, "Okay, there, you know, let's let's look, guys. There's surveillance video of the parking lot." And they're looking at it because by then, Sheila and her mom had showed up and we're going to help them look. Right. So, Sheila was there when this damn video was played and she wasn't like, oh, that's my car. But, why, if your your child's best friend, who she's known since she was eight, why do you not know what Sheila drives? Why did these parents not know that? Well, the video is kind of grainy and Still. washed out, though. I mean, it really is. Maybe I'm overly suspicious. I know damn well you're overly suspicious. I just feel like I'd have been like, oh, mm, Sheila, is that you? I mean, why would you not know what your child's best friend drives if she comes over to your house all the time, vice versa? You're taking, you know, they hang out together, they go to high school together. Why would you not know? Why was this car misidentified from day one, literally? So Sheila and her mom Tara come over, and uh, this this isn't out of the way because uh, uh, Skyler and Sheila have been friends since they were eight years old. It only recently, the year since about the past maybe year before this, ninth grade, had had a little bit of a falling out. Um, a new girl had joined their clique, and Rachel, Rachel, Shuf, yeah, Shuf, 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 Okay, so Rachel joined, joined the, the two became three. Right. And after a while, the three became two, two. again. Right, with but not. Skyler being the odd man out. Yeah. And it was pretty, it was pretty shittily done, too, because they started, like, dressing alike and leaving her out on purpose. Like, they would wear striped shirts and not tell her, like, it was striped shirt day or I mean, just mean girl that's shit. That's kind of shitty. That's, I mean, I it, can see that being like the Heather's. This has been compared to the Heather's movie, which is one of my favorite movies, actually, because I'm a Christian Slater person. I know. It's horrible. No, it's not. I know. <laughs> Pump up the volume, baby. Wasn't he in The Legend of Billie Jean? Yeah. Yeah. He was Helen Slater's brother. Yeah. But they're really... Aren't they really brother? Or they're not related? No. No. They just both have Slater. Anyway. Okay, so... Sorry, guys. <laughs> but we digest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know I'm saying it wrong for all of those out there who don't think I know. We're going to get emails. Right. It's digress. And I bet it'll be the same woman who said we talk over each other. Yeah. Be like, digress? Okay, this way to the egress, baby. Anyway, so 
it all started because apparently in the summer of 2011, Skylar was the third wheel when Sheila and Rachel had, quote, drunken sex. And she apparently just had to witness it. Like, I guess she couldn't... I mean, could she just not walk out? I'm so lost. Right. There's actually a picture out there of her selfieing herself with them in the background on yeah, top of each other. Yeah, and her face is like, what the fuck? Right? I mean, okay, you've selfied it, move on. But did she... My question is, is did she post that, or was that found after all of this? Huh. I don't know. Because around... A little bit after all of this, this is when she starts tweeting stuff like, I would tell everybody all the shit I have on everybody, hashtag, if I could only get away with it. Right. So, she felt she felt like she'd been slighted by these two girls. And, and, and was hesitant that night when they called her yeah. to go out. But they did. And... As Sheila says, they really went on three. Right. So... That night, they did meet up with Skylar. Yeah, they picked her up. But it wasn't at 11. It was at 12. It was at midnight. Yep. And in their trunk, they had... A change a, of clothes. A change of clothes, bleach, towels, a shovel. I don't know if the knife was back there. Probably not. Mm-hmm. They had they the would... knives concealed in their hoodies. Okay. Okay. And they, they called Skylar to, to go and smoke some weed with them. Skylar goes out of her window, and the car that she meets on the... On, on the, the tape is them. But it's not going to be until December, and this is in July, it's not going to be until December that anybody knows what we've just told you. These girls go all of these months acting like nothing's wrong, except... No post- one at school is buying it. Though. No, nobody at school is buying it, and a couple months into it, even Scholar's mom's not buying it. She makes like a big, huge, long... Pay- three or four paragraph post on Facebook pretty much saying, tell the truth. I don't think that anybody thought that what happened actually happened. I think that almost everybody thinks that they let her overdosed or kidding. You know, something happened out in the woods. But during the during the previous year when they were not friends, it had gone around the school. They were, they were talking about, I mean, it was almost as bad as one of the previous cases we've covered, but, but there was no video evidence. Right. Uh, like, like our first episode actually. But yeah. so there in one time in science class, one of them just kind of blurts out, we could kill her. And the other one nods her head. Someone notices this. People notice this. How did the teachers not notice things like this? But it did not get past some of the students who actually accused them of, of doing something to her. Yeah. They like made, um, fake Twitter accounts and was calling her, calling them both out. I don't know why they didn't just use their real one, but I mean. So this goes on for months. Um, you know, Skylar and Rachel are both posting on tweet uh, on Twitter, you know, our, our, we miss you, you know, hashtag find Skylar, all this fake shit. And Sheila's actually helping. Yeah. Helping, she, like air she's, quotes. Yeah, helping. she's inserting herself in it to, to make sure that she knows what they're finding or not finding. But... Rachel. Rachel has not been in the investigation. Has kind of Rachel's distanced like, I, herself. She's like, I got some shit to do over here, way away from this. Until December. Right. On December 28th, Rachel blips her shit, for lack of a better... She's done. She's over it. She's flip, flipping out. 
she tells her mom, she starts screaming and running around the neighborhood and telling her mom, which I can't figure that out. She tells her mom, you're ruining my life. And so her mom calls the police and then they put her into a mental institution for a few days because they think she's... Evaluation. Right. And I think her parents kind of chalk that up to, you know, her new best friend has gone missing and... And now it's Christmas. Yeah, and now it's Christmas and it's, it's forever. But on January 3rd, she gets out of Chestnut mental facility yeah and says you know take me to the police and they've got her a lawyer at this point because i think i think while she was in there and while she's in there sheila keeps trying to get in to see her and, and they won't let and her. they won't let her because i think by then the parents had figured out sheila's kind of you know pulling the button or pulling the string so to speak right, right. but on july 3rd she finally is like no i'm gonna tell the truth and she tells the police what they did to her why they did it where they did it and takes them to the body yes and the really the really sad thing to me about it is when the police says, why, why, why did you do it? She just looks at them dead ass in their face and says, we just didn't like her anymore. So what happened after they picked her up at midnight? They drove to Eddie's Run Road, a road actually named after Sheila Eddie's family. Right. And the girls had taken that road several times on their way to a member of Sheila's... Her father's house. To, to Sheila's father's house. It, it actually, to me, seems like a long way to drive out just to smoke some weed. Just to smoke a doobie or a blunt or whatever they're smoking. But, especially, I mean, especially knowing you have to be back in the house to go to work the next day. And you've actually snuck out. Yeah. It just seems like a long way for me. No, it was. I mean, we'll post a map. I mean, it's a good bit away. It's probably, what, maybe an hour? We're at 40 minutes, 40-something minutes, I think. So right. they, they drive out, and they, they get out of the car, and they they walk off, off the road a little bit uh, into the woods, I believe. And, and they're like, let's blaze it, dude, or whatever they're saying in 2012. Hmm. <laughs> and, um, oh, wait, we left the lighter in the car. Skyler. Would you would you go to the car and get and get the lighter? And that's when we go on three comes in as she turns her back to walk towards the car. They actually say one, two, three, and start stabbing her with snake steak knives they had hidden concealed in their hoodies. Ew. Yeah. So they uh they stab her and and just I mean she fights back. And she asked why. And, yeah. She asked, that. Rachel says that, and she said that was part of what drove her to the mental ward, is that she kept hearing Rachel ask why. But that does, Not that Rachel, does, I'm I sorry, mean, she, uh, Scholar. So, uh, that does, I mean, plus, you know, hey, if you're going to if you're gonna be a, a marijuana smoker, keep your own lighter on You're you. going to be a smoker, period. Right. Don't let anybody tell you to go back to the car for anything. This is a lesson, children. So, so later on, uh, after this comes out, they go back and they look at a lot of the social media posts. And and there is a post on Twitter. I uh, don't remember which girl it was from. But it says, uh, we really did go on three. Sheila. So, yeah. So, Sheila <laughs> posted that. And uh, it, I believe Sheila actually provided the steak knives for... At this point, they're having a like memorial candlelight vigil type thing for Skylar. And the police come there and tell the parents, look, we know what happened to her and this is who did it. And they were floored 
because at this point they didn't know what happened to her. They knew she was probably not coming back, but they didn't know that her two best friends had actually murdered her. So Rachel actually stays free for a while, actually. And they're trying to gather more information and, and evidence against Sheila. And so they, um, they wire not only Rachel's bedroom, hoping that Sheila will say something, but I'm almost positive that one of the shows I watched, I think it was See No Evil maybe, said that they also wired the parents' living room and invited Sheila and Rachel over. I know Sheila for sure, but she would never even slip up. On May 1st, as prearranged, Rachel turned herself in, um, choosing to plead guilty to second-degree murder. And to uh, testify in any prosecution of Sheila. Right. But I think, honestly, I think she had immunity probably, but she knew that if she didn't, somebody had to have told her, either her lawyer or maybe even the DA, that if she walked on this, Pennsylvania could still try her. For so, murder. So, the Pennsylvania agreed not to try her. Right. And she was she agreed to a 20-year plea deal. Right, 30. I thought it? it was 20. She, she might have. I know, but it said 30 on the thing okay. that so. we were just reading. So, whether or not... She might have agreed to 20 and they might have decided 30. I don't know. But they said that she would be eligible to be released in, in 10 years. Yeah. So, that's... In four years. <clears throat> right. Because ultimately, she was sentenced in 2014. Sheila's parents... Uh, it's been been said that may, they may have been aware of the impending arrest of their right. daughter, and um, they they left. I wonder so, if Brad's wife was at Cracker Barrel. Right, Brad's wife. Hashtag Brad's wife. Justice for Brad's wife. Right. So the police did call and Sheila's mom, Tara. Yes. Tara to tell her that she needed to be questioned again. And she said, well, we're at Cracker Barrel, so we'll come in later. And, I, I, of course, I think that was a setup. Yeah. You know, we're at Cracker Barrel. We'll be in later. Come come get us, you know, in parentheses. Or in, in, yeah. uh, so they, they have the, the patrol car that's closest go there and set up and make sure they don't leave. They intercepted them in the parking lot and arrested Sheila. And I just still think that she was just, like, thinking she was going to get out of this. I, st- I don't think that she realized how serious this was or cared. Even if she did realize, I don't think she cared at all. So, four months go by from, from May when she's arrested, when Sheila's arrested. And uh, Rachel turned herself in. Right, and Rachel turned herself in to September when they, they bring Sheila up for arraignment. And she's been moved from juvenile to adult status. So, yes, yeah, so she, now she's an adult. Her name can be officially released, I guess. And, but everybody knew. Everybody knew. It was, yeah, it was all over the internet. <clears throat> Pardon me. It was all over the internet. Everyone knew that she killed her. Um, plus, she wasn't at school anymore. Well, they had been being homeschooled <laughs> right. anyway. But, well, that was to protect the other people. Can you even imagine knowing that your child did something like that? That's why my kids didn't get, they were on short leash or whatever. So she comes up for, for arraignment in September and... Um, pleads not guilty. Pleads not guilty. And she wants uh, to suppress Rachel's testimony based on her mental status, which, hello, McFly, she wouldn't have a mental status if you hadn't have killed your best friend. Right. So her, her lawyer does pr- produce a bunch of things he wants. He wants, uh, he wants to move to another county. He wants to move to another county. Which Were you I, talking over me? I was talking over you. Oh, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> he wants it moved to another county. He wants Rachel's, uh, or wants, uh, yes, Rachel's Sh- testimony stricken. Because she's crazy, Your Honor. And uh, Again, I say she wouldn't be crazy if y'all hadn't have done this shit. But she also... And, and he does, he wants the trial moved to a, to a, to a later date. The, the judge says, okay, well, we're going to, we will allow it to, to, to be postponed until February. But he's going to let Rachel testify. Right. Correct. Yes. He does not agree to, to stricking her testimony from the record. The pretrial hearing actually comes around uh, at the end of January instead of February as the judge had agreed to. But I guess it just fit in better that way once a week. Right. So and- it's, it's, there are rumors circulating. I'm sorry, I don't mean to talk over you. There are rumors circulating that she is uh, going to plead guilty. And uh, it's actually s- streamed on the internet. Right. Her, her you watched hearing. this, right? I did. And uh, she comes in and... Was she still smirking like she did in the other ones? She she was not. She was. She looked sad at this point. She sat down and she cried. Because you know her shit was um, cooked. She, she changed her plea to guilty. Um, her lawyer's... Her lawyer said, what, he couldn't find a reasonable defense? Right, looking at, at the preponderance of evidence and... Rachel's with, testimony. With Rachel's testimony that, that he saw no defense that he could propose, even. I mean, how did that conversation go at the with the, her lawyer? Bitch, you might as well plead guilty because we ain't got shit. Yeah, yeah it kind of happens like that sometimes. Uh, when asked if she wanted to say anything, she, uh, she whispered to her lawyer, and her wa- lawyer and her went back and forth just for a few seconds, and uh, he spoke and said that she wanted to express her uh, uh, her remorse for for what she for their loss for their loss for the for the for Skyler's I don't family's think, loss. I don't think she has any remorse whatsoever. I don't think that. But, she, but that's one of those things. Oh, I know that's something you kind of have to say, but I do not think that Sheila. I think Rachel is is sad. I think it fucked Rachel up. I do not think that Sheila is sad. I think if Sheila gets out, if she's ever allowed to be out, she will fucking kill somebody else. So, in, in exchange for her her guilty plea, she was sentenced uh, to fifteen years to life, and, and Pennsylvania agreed not to prosecute her. But she was sentenced to fifteen years to life, and um, Skyler's father said that he would be there at every parole hearing to make sure that she never set foot outside of her. If I'm not mistaken, like there is a petition for you to sign to keep her in jail. So on February 2nd, Rachel was sentenced formally and received 30 years for her part in the murder. She actually personally apologized to the nieces for for her part in what what happened to her daughter, their daughter. She looked rough. I mean, she she does. The picture of her, she looks like she's not sleeping. She's really pale. I mean, she... She's definitely eating, though. She looks really bloated. Or she's I mean, just... Or not... Or you can be bloated from not eating, too. And your body is yeah. just like, what the fuck is happening here? Stress and all yeah. that. They, they did say that, you know, they were... they were Even though she did ask to be sentenced as a minor, which was rejected, um, her, their, their, the family, Skylar's family... Told her that although they did accept her apology, it would never make them feel better about what she had done, and or they were glad that she expressed remorse, but you know the apology all, was kind of worthless because it didn't bring their daughter back. All three of these girls were only children, well, so true. in a in a in a sense, 
all three families, of course, the two of them can still go see their kids. I mean, I, I'm aware I'm not comparing the two, but in a in a in a sense, they all three lost their daughters. One's obviously in the ground, and two well, with, with perfect behavior. Um, Skyler, or I'm sorry, Rachel, Rachel. Rachel would be out in ten years. Um, She'll be the only one. Hopefully that can, but I think she, unless she gets help while she's in jail, this fucked her up. Yeah. So one good thing did come out of this case. Uh, Styler's law was passed, uh, which is, it's part of the Amber Alert system. The, right. The thing your phone does every now and then that everybody looks at you. Well, because she was seen voluntarily getting in the car. And they, she was a teenager. Right. They wanted to say, call her a runaway. That's why they didn't right. issue an immediate Amber Alert. But now, because of Skylar's law, uh, it doesn't matter if it's possible that she may be a runaway. They immediately release an Amber Alert. Uh, at least in West Virginia, uh, it passed their their it passed unanimously through their, their lawmaking procedure or whatever, the Congress or whatever they have, Senate, the state Senate, I guess. Uh, it passed unanimously that that when a, when a teenager is missing, no matter what, an Amber Alert will be released immediately. I mean, this is actually a classic case of what I used to tell my kids growing up: is that you never know what's going to happen because just among, just because someone says they're your friend, obviously, you know, it, it cannot mean shit. Yeah, yeah friendship means a lot less. Uh, <laughs> now, I guess, than, than when we were growing up. Yeah. I mean, do you remember when I took Nadia to that birthday party way the hell out in the country? I you actually... Did tell a Joe Delicat story? No. <laughs> I mean, I told her then, I said, Nadia, are you sure these people are your friends? Because there's no cell phone service here, and I've got no fucking clue where we're going. Right. right. Like, and then the further we got out, I mean, it was like way off the road, and then... I said, Nadia, if these people decide that they're mad at you, nobody would hear you scream. I remember that. I remember that. And she laughed. I did not laugh. At this point, I knew about this case and growing up had read about another case of people who's supposed to be your friends. And, you know, obviously she did go to the birthday party. She came back, but still. We do have another episode here, guys. Uh, we're we're, we're going to get this this all under control soon and, and make sure that we're not a day or two late any anymore, hopefully. Um, hopefully. <laughs> Fingers crossed. All right, guys. See you next Friday. Stay tuned for a promo from one of our favorite podcasts, Strictly Homicide. Bye, guys. Bye. Are you getting sick and tired of hearing about Ted Bundy, Maura Murray, the Golden State Killer, West Memphis 3? Check out Strictly Homicide Podcast, a true crime show that discusses cases out of the natural state. And even though it's Arkansas, we won't be covering the West Memphis Three or the Boys on the Track anytime soon. So check us out on iTunes, Spotify, Podbean, Podcoin, or basically wherever you listen to all your favorite shows. You can also find us on all social media platforms. And as Mr. T would say, I pity the fool that doesn't listen to Strictly Homicide. <laughs>